Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. This is Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. Police found 27 corpses. Australia's worst serial killer. Even though I didn't want to get in the car, I actually... With Amanda Howard and Robert McKnight. Hello there, I'm Rob McKnight. Welcome to Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. It's great to have the serial killer whisperer, true crime author and criminologist Amanda Howard with us. Amanda, you've got a buzz about you going today. You're looking great. You seem fit and healthy. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm, I've had a, a good couple of weeks. I'm looking after my health a bit more, so hopefully things get a bit better so we don't have to keep sort of postponing our episodes. So, um, yeah, I'm feeling fresh and young and beautiful and, well, kind of, on all that sort of stuff. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I'm doing good. You're certainly looking beautiful. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> young? <laughs> the <laughs> I kid, everyone. We're friends. I'm allowed yeah. to take the piss. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Uh, Who are we talking about this week? Well, we're doing the murder of Michael Burnside, um, Mm -hmm. possible murder or maybe something else um, because this is a case that's going to have a couple of twists and turns, but it's about the interview of Hefspar Olivia Lord um, and how that sort of goes along on a journey that I don't think you would ever expect. Oh, I'm intrigued. All right, let's get into it because, as Amanda said, this week's episode takes us to a quiet suburban home on Spring Grove Avenue, North Dallas, Texas. Shortly after midnight on May 9, 2010, 33-year-old Hesfabar Olivia Lord, known as Olivia, was at home with her boyfriend of one year, Michael Burnside, when the man died. According to Lord's later record of events to Dallas police, she was hiding in the bathroom to escape Michael, who was drunk and belligerent when she heard him fire his 9mm Beretta handgun. Hearing Michael collapse soon after, Lord rushed to the kitchen where Michael, according to Lord, lay bleeding heavily after shooting himself in the head. She instantly called 911. Paramedics arrived and tried their best to save Michael, but he was announced dead on arrival to Parkland Memorial Hospital. A side note, that is the same hospital where JFK was taken. While paramedics worked on Michael, Detective Dwayne Thompson introduced himself to Lord, who was sitting on a chair outside their home. She was dressed in a blue t-shirt and grey sweats and was covered in her partner's blood. Sitting with her was Brian Jaff, the best friend of Michael. He had been at the house until 10 minutes before Michael's death. He had only just arrived home after helping Michael install a dishwasher when Lord called him about the shooting and he returned. Detective Thompson had both Lord and Jaff taken to the police station for further questioning. Jaff's interview has not been released, but today we take you through the parts of Lord's interrogation that have been released. Now look, we do need to talk about the fact, Amanda, this may be triggering for some people because it does deal with suicide. Yes, it does. So hold tight, guys, and um, I hope you are all prepared for this because, yeah, the twists and turns here are going to make you um, a bit angry at times and the fact that suicide is is discussed is just going to be a bit tough. 
Okay. Well, it sounds like a very interesting case. Now, we begin in the interview room. Detective Thompson has his back to the camera, but Lord is front and centre. It's now a little after 6am and she is still in the clothes stained with Michael's blood. Lord appears a little upset as Thompson begins by asking her to go through the day to get her first version of events. Okay. I need for you to take me through this evening, okay? Step by step, so we can kind of figure out what happened. All right? I've already talked to Brian and he's gone. Um, take me through this evening. Well, we had a normal day. We went... I'm sorry. Okay. Um, there are no tissues on that desk, but I have to say Lord's tone doesn't make her sound like she's completely upset. Am I misreading this? No, Robert, you're doing really well. So absolutely. She is <laughs> not hysterical. She's not um, sort of worried or, or asking how he is or anything like that because as we know he was transported to the hospital um and it's more of a whimper there's a couple of stutters in there that um is going to set the scene because as we saw the detective didn't understand what she said mm. and so that's going to be something that he is going to play on but yeah not too upset just now and as you said no tissues on that table and she's been there for quite a while so okay all right well Speaking of that, Thompson does ask her to repeat herself after she has been mumbling into her hands. We did drink. We went. He washed my car for me. Brian came over to help him install the dishwasher and one of the other appliances. And they started talking about Okay, just stupid. Okay. They start talking about what, man? Because they're just stupid buddy. Okay, man, I can't hear you. That's all right. Uh, you said you start talking about what? They were talking about a birthday party. Okay. Wow. Amanda, if I hadn't watched the video myself, I would have thought we'd automatically cut to another section of the interview. She switched like that. She certainly did, but it's because she wants her story heard. So she has something to say and he needs to hear this record of events. So when he says, I'm sorry, I can't hear what you're saying, she knows that she has to sort of drop what's going on to speak because this is now two different emotions happening that she's mm. trying to get straight. And so when we see people do this, it's often um, because there's something else going on. Um, I don't want to say too much yet, but, yeah, the way that she just did that switch was absolutely amazing, and it's not the last time we're going to see that. Well, people, sit back, enjoy a cup of tea. Join me for a cup of tea because uh, this is already starting to get interesting because Lord right now is sitting up straight and talking to Thompson and begins to explain the later events of the evening that led up to the shooting. My birthday just passed in March and wasn't the best And they were talking about Jordan's birthday party, and it kind of upset me. And when Brian left, Mike and I got in a little argument about it. All right, Amanda, you've given me that signal signal that means you've spotted something in there. What have you spotted? 
Well, um, the fact that she is jumping from different emotions is is one thing, but what I'm spotting is that there is the terminology that she's using. They got into a little argument. So she's minimising um, the the catalyst for this possible suicide, possible killing. So um, She's trying to she diminish that, her involvement by saying, yeah, it wasn't anything major. This was a minor little argument, you know. Um, so I have no motive to do anything wrong here. And I have no blame as well. Mm. So by saying, you know, it's a small argument, we have arguments like that, that's not worthy of a suicide, is actually doing more harm to her argument than it is helping her. But, you know, it's weird that she's doing that because, like, as we saw with the um, Alex Cox one that we saw at, at the start of this season, which I promise we're going to get more into that cult. I know. So many people are asking <laughs> about that. My hairdresser, the person I go to get my hair cut, <laughs> said, what are you doing more on Alex Scott? I thought you were doing the whole season, Amanda. So <laughs> we need to do that. Yeah. Well, I wanted to tease that one out with pieces because there's so much more developing. But anyway, the um, the Laurie Vallow case is I'm still going to do more because until we get the crescendo, there's about six or seven episodes. So I'm just I'm just giving you guys a taste. But anyway, go, going back to that one where we saw Alex Cox talk about killing um, Charles Vallow, he, he was saying how it was a massive argument, you know, I had mm. to like um, – I, I had to fight for my life and he had a baseball bat, so I got my gun. You know, um, now we know that Olivia has said that she had to go into the bathroom because he was being drunk and, and violent. But she's saying it was a little argument. It's not congruent. Which doesn't help any possible, if, just say she did shoot him, and I do not know where this is going. We make sure I never <laughs> know where things are going. But nope. <laughs> if she had shot him, she would have a cause for self-defence if um, he was banging the door down trying to beat her or something like that. She's, as you've totally just said, it, she's minimised that. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 just amazing that um, how wording can change things, and you know, because now because she has said it's a small argument, and we know that she was locked in the bathroom, she now has to join though those two things together, forgetting that these are pieces of of a puzzle that now don't fit. Mm. All right. Well, Thompson still can't make out what Lord's saying because of the mumbling and everything else, so he does ask her to repeat herself. So tell me, okay, then take me from the time that, that, that Brian left. Brian left. It, it probably, literally, five minutes, ten minutes from the time he left. I was in the bathroom. You and him were in the bathroom? No, I was in the bathroom taking my makeup off and getting ready to go to bed. And he continued the argument. Well, explain the argument. I mean, what was he arguing about? I mean, what was he saying? They didn't have money for my birthday and that he owed taxes and he was stressed out. <laughs> he was stressed out about taxes that he owed and mortgage and. <sighs> Okay, so it's an interesting technique Thompson is using, asking her to basically stop whimpering and answer more clearly. 
Yeah, and again, we're seeing that the, the story evolve again because, um, as we said in our intro here, um, she, he was drunk and belligerent. That's why she locked herself in the bathroom. Now, she had said that outside her house to Thompson. So Thompson has heard that part of the story. So he doesn't need her to speak clearly. He just wants her to repeat what she had all, already told him on the grass outside the home. So right. we know that, you know, this isn't making sense. And now it's gone from a small argument to I was in the bathroom taking off my makeup so um the the story is already evolving and it's interesting as you said that he keeps asking her to stop doing that and talk and she's switching it on and off you know mm. if she was crying or hysterical there would be like a big deep breath before she spoke to sort of yes i'm um, getting herself ready to talk and we're not seeing that yeah absolutely well then she describes what she believed I'm going to emphasize the word believed or maybe is saying <laughs> happened to Michael. <laughs> he left the room and then I heard like what I thought was splash out her really loud. <laughs> and I had the water ready, so I it's kind of a pain. Boy <laughs> into the kitchen. And he was on the floor, <laughs> and there was blood. I didn't, I, I didn't notice it. it was a lot of blood, <laughs> and I saw glass on the floor, <laughs> and so I went down next to him, and I said, are you okay, are you okay? And then I saw a lot of blood, a lot of blood. <laughs> She ain't no Meryl Streep. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm going to equate her um, moans and, and whining to? Imagine if she was a lie detector and every time she's telling a lie, the machine's going off. Every time she whines, lies, and the bigger the lie, her whining is going off, Amanda. <laughs> Would that be something? <laughs> uh, kinda. Uh, sometimes when when <laughs> kinda, come on, that noises. was bloody brilliant, and I won't have another <laughs> word said. <laughs> no, no, you got to listen because you're right. But I got to show you. Thank you. That's uh, monsters who murder for another week. We're ending. I'm like George Costanza. I'm getting out. Goodbye. <laughs> yep. 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 Leave while you while you're on a good streak. You do bloody well in this episode, I have to say. Um, but bringing us back to our work, um, often sounds like My that. I'm going to keep just talking. I often sounds like that uh, because they're trying to think of the next thing to say. Yes. So it's the space filler. So what you're hearing is in with the lie detector. What I'm hearing is, oh bloody hell, what am I going to say next? Because I can't remember it, and this is what I need to say. So yeah, sure. it's similar. But it's interesting that what she talks about is is the broken glass. Like she claimed that she heard a sound but didn't think it was a, a, a gunshot, but the breaking glass she did identify. So that's what made her, her come out. But the glass on the floor is actually really, really important. So that's why we, we had to see that piece. So hold tight to that and not Robert's correct things about lie detectors. <laughs> um, and, yes, because the, last will, the glass will play an important piece later. What were those words? You were right, Robert. Seriously, it will be my new ringtone every time you call me. <laughs> you were right, Robert. Yeah. You were right, Robert. Anyway, uh, yeah. uh, 
Yeah. I look forward to your analysis of that. And remember the glass, the broken glass, big point, Amanda says. All right. Thompson has so far allowed Lord to go through the scene pretty much unaided, except for when he couldn't understand her. And we know it's always good to get that first clean walkthrough of the suspect's version of events. We've talked about this a lot of times before they start picking it apart. But in the release clip, it's more interesting to note that there is a 24-minute gap in the interview that has been released. Let's take a listen. Let's back up just a little bit. Okay. So, okay. And what I'm saying to you is, he was shot at 12.31 a.m. Can we both agree on that? Probably. Yes, we can agree because it... You didn't call 911 until 12.38. Okay. Seven minutes later. Okay. What did you do in that seven minutes? What did I do in that seven minutes? It's really interesting for people watching the video feed because what we saw, and it wasn't an effect we put on, it went literally from that moment she was whining, the the, the vision sort of turned around and it went to this new clip 20, uh, what did you say it was, 24 minutes later? 24 24 yeah. minutes later. Um, if you want to see things like that, just go to patreon.com slash confessions and for the $25 plus tier, and that's in US dollars, uh, you can watch that or you can do it through Uscreen by going to mwm.uscreen.io and if you do a monthly subscription there, you can see the references we're making to the video. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Um, uh, Amanda, I would love to know what we missed in that cut, but they're now down the timeline. Yeah, they are. And, um, you know, the interesting part there is that he said he was shot at this time. You didn't ring 911 until this time. Um, And then we hear her repeating his questions back to him. Mm. This is a massive stalling um, attempt that we see a lot. This is what people do when they're like, I don't know how to answer, answer that question. I don't have an answer for that question. So they, they stall by saying, you know, what what did I do in that time? And it's, this is something that's going to come up in this one. And um, it's just interesting how it plays out. Okay. Well, let's take a look at that again. Wow. <laughs> okay, let's, let's back up just a little bit. Okay. So, okay. And I, what I'm saying to you is he was shot at 12.31 a.m. Can we both agree on that? Probably, yes, we can agree because okay. it... You didn't call 911 until 12.38. Okay. Seven minutes later. Okay. What did you do in that seven minutes? What did I do in that seven minutes? Amanda, you just talked about the stalling tactic, but this is a detective who, you know, does interviews like this all the time. They know the tactic. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so this is why he's he's going to force these points because she has no answer to why it took her so long from the moment of the gunshot no. to the moment she rung 911. And as soon as he saw her, her repeat the question, he's thinking, I've got you. I mm. know now that I can push this point because you're now lying to me and I want to know what happened. Yeah, well, seven minutes is a long time before someone shooting themselves and being and 911 being called. And that's obviously the reason Thompson is about to change tack because we've seen him be gentle. Now he's about to go for the proverbial, and I don't mean to do a pun here, but the kill. Okay. What did you do in that seven minutes? What did I do in that seven minutes? I leaned over my soon-to-be husband's body. You fucking shot him. That's what you did. You shot him. I did not shoot my fiance. You shot him. You shot him. Is this happening? Yes, this is happening. I did not. You shot him. him. Yes, she did. No. Yes, she did. did. Yes, she did. No, I did not. This man. Wow. Wow. He's just put it out there, playing all his cards at once. Does this kind of tactic work? Well, I don't think we've ever actually seen it work, So, but it puts pressure on, on the person that is being interrogated. We saw this um, with the uh, David Mitchell, I'm going to, that's the wrong name, when we saw the, um, the FBI guy and the local sheriff who knew his Bible better than Mitchell yes, did yes, um, yes. go in and, and, and they played hardball and they did get into a point, but he never confessed to anything. So um, the interesting part is that he's just put all of his cards on the table. He's basically, he tried to get out, out of her what he wanted her to say, and now it's like, bang, I'm, I'm just going to go in hard because it hasn't worked up, up until this point. And the fact that she says to her, um, herself, like she actually puts her, her head down and, her, her, and she speaks almost into her chest and she goes, is this really happening? Mm. So this is like um, an internal dialogue is now happening externally because she has no one there to help her. Hence why you should have a lawyer in the room. But she now feels trapped that she's having this internal conversation externally. And she didn't use uh, his name. She called him my fiancé. I did not shoot my fiancé. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> exactly the same. It's about distance. But that is, I, I mean, that's my best belt, Bill Clinton, guys. I don't do, um, I don't do accents. We leave those to Robert. Do you want to do your Bill Clinton? I did not think? have sex with that woman, Monica Lewinsky. That's not even close. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, maybe I should be doing them. <laughs> um, but it is but it is interesting. As, as you said, she doesn't say Michael. She just says my fiancé. She says soon to be husband. So these are these are quantifiers that can um in, can be interpreted in two ways. People sometimes do that to have ownership. You know, um, we, we know when we do the John Bonet Rip Ramsey patrons thing that we talked a lot about Patsy saying my daughter, yes, my child. Yes. You know, yes. and and so this is an ownership thing, but it can also be a distancing thing because you're not using the person's name or their nickname or something mm. like that. Um, so that can be interpreted in two very different ways. So it just depends on what else is going on in that scenario that helps you understand which way that she's actually leaning. 
Mm. Well, we get another cut. It's been another five minutes and Thompson continues, but he shifts it up into overdrive and a word of, word of warning for those with headphones. You might want to be ready to turn down your volume, but we will make it, we will try to compress it and make sure it doesn't go too loud. <laughs> we'll use our magical tricks. I don't know what happened. You know what happened. I don't you know, know what, what happened. I do not know what you know happened. You know what happened in there, Olivia. I don't you know, know what happened in there, Olivia. Olivia, you know what happened in there. Olivia, you know what happened in there. Because you know and I know that this don't make sense. This don't make sense. But God damn it, tell me the truth. I don't know. You know what happened in there. This don't matter. wanted to see an interrogation like this many times before but now it's here wow but he makes a point they were <laughs> fighting about a birthday party and then all of a sudden he takes his own life <sighs> unfortunately i'm going to have to use my own expertise in this moment this this is a point that um in suicide we look at um and we focus on what did we do wrong that caused this? And, you know, she said that, yes, they were fighting about that she didn't get a party but their friend did um, and and that, you know, that's that, that's what they, was, they were talking about. But we heard her say before he was worried about taxes, he was worried about the new house they just bought, um, you know, that he had other financial pressures. There's all these things going on in his life that sometimes it's just that final, fin final, that tiny final straw that breaks the camel's back and that's what's happened here if that's a scenario that, that that's playing out, you know, but the police officer who should know better because no doubt he's, he's dealt with many suicides before this point, um, it can be the smallest thing that's the final straw. And I think that um, he's not seeing that possibility. He is seeing, as we saw, you killed him, you know, and, and that's all he's seeing. So the fact that she's fighting back against him is a very in interesting point. She's not um, internalising. She's not sort of going into herself. So we're seeing what she's like when she's fighting. So is this what was happening at home when this happened and that's why she locked herself in the bathroom? Or is this just um, now she has to fight for her, her life because she's guilty? It's interesting. She seems to be in fight or flight mode big time. She's been She's being attacked. I mean, if we take it back to, uh, you know, our animal instincts, she is literally being attacked right now. She's being yelled at and she is standing up and yelling back and she is fighting for her life. She can't retreat anywhere. She can't go anywhere except to say, I want a lawyer, I'm not going to speak, which she's not doing. She's not, uh, doesn't have that training to know to do that. So literally it is, she's fighting for her life. Um, we've seen another four minutes time skip i hate these time skips and when we come back four minutes later thompson is still going strong you said you were down there doing this first aid morning shit. i didn't say i was doing first aid okay, did, I said, did you not know that he was still breathing i think did you not know that he was still breathing? yes he was still alive so don't you think that was kind of fucked up for I seven minutes what are you saying Seven minutes. I don't know. It took you seven minutes. If you don't think that seven minutes was 
Well, seven minutes from the gunshot to the 911 call, this is, this is a weird timeline. We don't have the proof that Thompson says he has about the time of the shooting, and Lord did not dispute that. But that delay when her husband was still breathing, that is a large amount of time to wait. Even if she was Amanda rendering first aid, as Thompson called it, it was a long time. It is a very long time, and she's not denying that that was a long time between her finding him and ringing 911, um, and she's not agreeing with it either. So uh, there is this time that that is the focus of, of Thompson's argument, and the fact that um, uh, Jeff, Jeff A um, had left just 10 minutes earlier and she had rung for him him to come back there's all of these bits in in, in the timeline that aren't making sense because mm. he was able to make that round trip very very quickly so um yeah this seven minutes from gunshot to one call is like the key to this on how it actually went down i'm also intrigued that thompson is swearing like a trooper towards her he is this a tactic? Is this, or is he just really angry about it? What, what's, is this, I guess I'm asking, is this premeditated from Thompson or is he just reacting to what's going on? Um, <laughs> I can't say much until the, uh, later in this, but. Um, oh, okay. I, I'm jumping tactic. ahead. Okay. All right. Yeah, so you are jumping. We'll take that question <laughs> on advisement because Thompson continues to put the pressure on Lord who now uses some interesting words. You don't think that's... Yes, sir, I do. Okay. I, don't, I don't know the Could answer. Could that have been a mistake? I don't know. Could that have been a mistake? Please don't put that on me. I'm asking you, ma'am. I'm just telling you the facts. This is what I know. What I know is this. She called him sir in that section. That seems a bit weird. Um, it, it's, it's showing a different of power. She's now saying that he is her better like they started this this interrogation being equal he's asking questions and she's answering she's asking questions and he's answering but now it is this massive screaming argument and so she is saying okay you know like we see it in those karen clips which i am obsessed on watching on tiktok <laughs> where where um they go off and the people that are calm go yes ma'am you know can you please leave the store um so that's what she's doing she's like you know you're you're being a karen at me and i'm just saying sir please can you calm down so i uh, Obviously, that's not what they're saying, but that's what's happening. Yeah. So it's quite interesting that um, she has now given him the upper hand and let him run with this, whereas it should be the other way around. She should be the one screaming and he should be the one telling her to calm down. It's not happening. Well, thanks to the time code on the screen, we can see exactly what bits have been taken away from the released footage. And we can tell you that three minutes again is cut from the interrogation. And when we come back, Thompson is still going strong. You shot. I didn't know. You shot. Yes, you did. You shot. Sir. Look, you know what, Olivia? This is getting old. I'm ready for you to just tell me what happened in there tonight. What happened? I told you. Just tell me. What I told you what happened, and that is exactly what happened. So this is how it's going to be. There's no other way for me to tell you. So when you leave here, and you will leave here tonight, you will. You'll walk out the door and go wherever it is that you're going to go. You will. That's going to happen. 
and we may never see each other ever again. But one thing that you will not be able to say, no, you listen. One thing that you will not be able to say, you will not be able to say that I have not asked you no. You I got to I got to finish my no. I got to I have to finish. I have to finish what I'm going to say here, please. You will not be able to say that I have not said one thing to you tonight. Why are you? Let me finish, please. Why are you doing? Let me finish. Why would you let me finish? Would you shut up and let me finish? Wowzers! I mean, I guess so many times I've wanted a detective to scream, but now it's here. It's not really working because it puts those defences up. We've seen time and time again, and even as as much as last week, as recent as last week, where the softly, softly approach, having a chat, seems to get more out of them than them knowing they have to put their guard up and, and fight off the predator. That is so perfect. Robert, you're right again. So this is this, is a, your, your, this one. <laughs> Ring the bell. <laughs> because, because you hit, oh, okay, so we now have a bell. Okay, I'm with that. I'm with that. <laughs> but, but I've, got, I've always said, got something ready to go. <laughs> yeah, we'll get your ringling, dingling thing happening. I'm sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> Um, but like you said, last week's episode was perfect where they found out by having a chat, he was going to open up and say things, even though he said that he had a right to remain silent and was remaining silent by talking. Um, but we've just seen it now go the wrong way. One, the, the angry stance is not going to work, but he also said to her, you're walking out of here tonight. And I can promise you, you, you're walking out of here tonight. Like he said it twice to make sure she heard that. She now knows it's a waiting game. Regardless of what he wants to do now, she has the exit strategy yeah. done. So, you know, and the yelling and screaming at her is not working. And she's one of these people that can yell over the top and still hear what's going on. I can't do that. I need to do it in order. I need the person to scream, then I'll scream back, person to scream, and I scream. And people are different. And so he can't hear what she's saying because he's yelling. And so he wants her to stop so they can do this to and fro. But she's just going straight over the top of him, which tells us that she is a pretty hardcore um, argumentative person, um, which I think is a great skill. I wish I had it. But, you know, it's not Sorry, working. what? I've heard you yell. You have it. Oh, yeah, but I can't yell when you're yelling at me. Good to know. <laughs> so if you keep yelling, I'll just keep crying. So <laughs> this is a bizarre episode. <laughs> it really is. It's gone off the rails. All right, well. Yeah. Let's move on because Lord lets Thompson finish his question and, well, it leaves a lot to be desired. You will not be able to say that I have not asked you one question tonight that has not been a legitimate question because I'm going to tell his family everything that I know. Whoa. Okay. So essentially he's saying he's going to throw it to the wolves. He's going to tell Michael's family that she killed him and he thinks that that is a legitimate fact that hasn't been proven in a court of law. Exactly. She she is now being threatened because he is going to throw her to the wolves. He he, he is going to let 
his family, which remember they were about to get married, so they are about to be her her family as well. He believes that you know she needs to tell him the story so she he can tell them the the true story that she killed him. Um, according to him, that uh, it's it's interesting that even this isn't going to work, that this is just another thing that he's just trying to throw at her in this angry mentality that um, it's she's not biting. Wrong detective to the wrong suspect. I just wonder, and again, we know that I don't know the outcome of this case. That's how we do it. So if the best friend killed the fiancé, this detective might suspect that, but he's trying to back her into a corner where she throws the best friend under the bus because my mind is going in a million paces at the moment. I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe she was having an affair with the best friend. The fiancé found out things, you know, it got nasty, something happened, there was a shooting. So if it was the best friend, uh, Jaffe, was that his name? Um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, something like that, yeah. Uh if, if he's the killer, this whole thing from this detective might be trying to get her to throw him under the bus. I mean, that is a great um, scene. And so um, that could be what's happening. As, as we know, his interview has not been released. And um, when we see what this detective does with him and we know that uh, Thompson had in interviewed him just prior to, to her interview, um, I would love to see that in interview and see how the questions mm. went if he had gone down the same track, saying the same thing, you know, that you two were, were together and, you know, it was easy to get Michael out of the row. Um, but, yeah, I won't say much more. <laughs> no, I know. I'm asking you questions that you know the answers to. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. It does skip another 10 minutes, and Thompson now gets nasty if you thought it could get any nastier. Their son was not suicidal. They knew that their son was successful. They knew that their son, they knew that their son had all the reason in the world to live yes. with or without you. With or without you. That was his house, not yours. You know, he, I mean, right? It was his house. You can remove it. We were building. It was his house, right? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, so what I'm saying to you is, Olivia, he didn't need you. Did he? Did he need you? We were in love. Did he need you? I don't know how to answer that. I can answer. He didn't need you. You know, I'm not sold on the way this guy's doing it. If you're yelling, you've lost the argument in some ways. Um, I think I almost prefer the detectives that write every sentence down and we had to wait. That was excruciating. <laughs> this guy has no idea about the catalyst of suicide and success does not mean someone isn't suicidal, but also he has no idea about wants and needs in a relationship. Just because Michael owned the house didn't mean that Lord was a leech or a gold digger. Uh, he is really insinuating that. <laughs> He is, and he has gone in with this, with those thoughts. So he's now laid it all out. We know how this detective is thinking, not how she's thinking. So you know, maybe we should have called, called this the um the uh, uh, maybe we should have called this the Thompson clip rather than the yeah. Lord clip because really what we're seeing is is how not to do an interrogation. And, I mean, there are times that yelling and screaming would work, but he's gone in there. There's no way it could be a suicide because he owned a house. Yeah, so did my husband. Um, there's no way it could be 
because um, uh, he he had a good job, you know, so did my husband. It doesn't matter. Success does not equal non-suicidal. Absolutely. Are, you know, there are wealthy people with everything to live for who, who don't, live you know yeah. and that's and that's something that is lost on this detective so the fact that this woman is sitting here being yelled at by this detective being told that she's a liar that he's going to throw her to his family for all of this when she could be seeing them um absolutely distressed over her husband's suicide and believe me i was interviewed for a very long time after uh steve took his life it's 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 a harrowing time and you're really not going to be thinking straight but at the same time you're going to think of a thousand different things of what could do this and as she said earlier you know we were fighting about a party that i didn't get one but that's her saying it was a stupid fight but is mm. it because you know with everything else going on and she laid that out you know um my, my husband had some issues as well um with abuse with with gambling all these different things that are sitting in the background that eats away with at, at people and if guys if you're feeling that way please reach out there is someone who who can help you never Always. think that you have to take your life um you know but he is going into this with this one scenario that there's no possible way a successful man would kill himself so two she killed him that's it that's all he is seeing it's black and white which is a problem unless you have cctv or an eyewitness you have to be open to what they might reveal she's not going to reveal anything here because she is just batting away all these allegations you know it reminds me of ryan waller Remember that, oh, well, you know, the young guy who'd been <laughs> shot in the face and was interrogated for hours only to be mm -hmm. found out he was a victim and not the perpetrator and they didn't listen to him. He was trying to tell his story. They were not listening to him. This is why there needs to be an investigation into all scenarios. This is why there needs to be the story explained out, possibilities gone through, evidence to back it up. As I said, we don't have a 911 call. I wish we did because that would be yeah. an important piece of the puzzle. But we're seeing a lot of pressure here without success, Amanda. Yeah, and, you know, as you said, Ryan Waller what was a perfect example where um, the story doesn't fit what's actually happening. So the fact that this detective has this story, Thompson says, you know, um, he was shot at this time, you called... 911 at this time what happened during that that break and she's saying i have no idea i was probably leading over him because in those moments seconds feel like hours and hours feel like seconds and mm. and you don't know what what's happening you don't know she could have just totally shut down yeah. she could have went well. this is it i can't do anything you know and and it takes a while to, to, to snap out of that believe me i did that but um yeah. you know it's it's just he's just so focused on this being a like a a willful death that it's just crazy that he is not seeing that there is a possibility that this is a suicide yeah all right well let's continue and see where thompson and lord hear what they have to say next okay he did. that's your olivia. no it's not my opinion it's what i've discovered olivia i talked to his best buddy who was his friend for 15 years okay just because somebody makes a lot of money doesn't that's not what i'm saying to you what i'm saying to you is you all were not a, 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 a couple who had invested together in what he had already achieved. Were you, were you a part of his company? Absolutely not. Okay. Is your name on his mortgage? No. Okay. So what I'm saying is, you didn't live there. You might have spent the night. 
But regardless whether you were in the we were building that house. All I'm suggesting, ma'am, is whether or not you left or whatever, his business was going to continue, correct? Correct. And he was still going to pay his fucking mortgage, right? So you were not a financial partner. You were just a female, right? Um, wow. In case you didn't catch that, Thompson just said, after saying how successful and amazing Michael was, he negated Lord's relationship down to, and I quote, you were just the female, right? Amanda, this is, this is outrageous and incompetent. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, I get passionate, you know, I get upset. Uh, right now, I am in such a white fury. And I forgot that we got to this point in this clip. Um, uh, uh, I mean, he is so livid that he was stuttering. He is so in this moment that he thinks that he's got this case happening, that um, he knows that this successful, amazing man was shot by the female. You know, it's just disgusting to him that it's even possible that someone so lowly could could um, be with this high and mighty man. You know, so if she was a doctor or or, or something earning more than him, um, that's still not good enough. Like she's just the female. It um it just gets me so fucking angry that um I just uh, it took me a while. I stopped this clip at this point because I needed to go and um, punch something and I didn't want to break my laptop because it is so infuriating that that is where he's going. Incompetence or, or is this just a sexist pig because I'm so fucking disgusted that this is what he said. If I was her, I would have started up and walked out and said done. And, and as you have rightly pointed out, there are a million reasons why someone takes their own life and to diminish someone's position in a relationship. Now, I don't know if she did it. I don't know if the, the best friend did it. I don't know if he killed himself. I, I don't know the answer to that. But to diminish a relationship based on finances, like she didn't have as much in the relationship because he was the financially secure one, that is just completely insulting and there's no place for that and and it would be the same if she was the successful one in quotation marks and he wasn't mm -hmm. anyway. well, she even said he was having financial issues he he, he had tax debts and stuff she didn't yeah like Good she point. was actually the more financially secure one in in all the likelihood here but they were That's together hard. there this was a union this is what people do they 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 pull everything together and get stuff done as she said we were building that house together yeah, yeah. But look, we still have more to hear. I'm clueless. I have no idea where this could possibly go from here. Let's find out together. So you were not a financial partner. You were just a female, right? Yeah, right. I think this. I'm. I'm done. You done? I. I you done? I'm done. I'm not done. Well, <laughs> I'm not done. Okay. You think you run this? No. Who, I, I mean, who the fuck do you think you are? I don't think I. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? I think I'm a person who just lost their boyfriend. And, and I think you're a person whose behavior tonight doesn't add up. That's what I believe. Yeah, she's checked out. Um, like I'm sure many of us did. I agreed with her. I'm done. I'm not putting up with this, and she shouldn't have to put up with it, regardless of her guilt of innocence. This detective Amanda. 
is now he's just playing by his own rules and he is not impartial. No, exactly not. And he is going to go down this again and again and again. You know, he's already done it a few times. You know, the fact that she's the female, the fact that that he has no reason to take his own life, you know, this is just about um, her maybe even having a crime of passion. He's trying to keep her going. As you said, she's checked out. So him still yelling now is not going to help because she is now gone, yep, my emotions Mm. are, are locked away. I'm not doing this. I'm done. You know, and he just keeps going. Yeah. Now, interestingly, she hasn't invoked her right to silence and or the right to an attorney, and and that was an important lesson we learnt last week because then it can't be used in a court of law. But she she didn't do that, so we can keep going. Once again, we have a time skip. This time it's 22 minutes. These questions is to get to a point where knowing this man, the way that you knew him, starting from the inappropriateness of my questions to the fucking other end, was he someone, in your opinion, who would have fucking committed suicide? Yes or no? He was not suicidal. Okay, there we go. There we go. There we go. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying to you, Olivia. It's like pulling teeth with you. I'm just saying, well, I'm saying I, don't you know, know. I, always, I, mean, I don't know what type of behavior would be I don't know. People are vocal. I don't know. You're asking me a question that I don't know. All I'm telling you is that he loved life, and we loved life. our life together. He loved and life. And I know that he I, loved, I know life. He loved life. He loved life that much that we that loved life. our life together. Within, so I minutes, tell you. within minutes of him leaving the bathroom, where you all were discussing this fucking birthday party, we he loved life so much. From leaving the bathroom where you were discussing his birthday party, he says, you know what? That's not what happened. Fuck the fact that I love life. Fuck the fact that I love my girl and that we're playing a life together. Screw all that. Screw the fact that I got this business where I'm pulling down every now and then 70 grand a week. Screw that. You know what? I think I'm going to fucking shoot myself. I don't know the answer for you. I know. Well, I don't know the answer. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's all right. This is interesting because he actually got Lord to admit that she didn't believe he was suicidal. Is he taking that as a confession to murder? Yep. Yep, he is. He believes that if you're not suicidal, mm. if you're not yelling around the streets that you want to kill yourself, then therefore you can't be suicidal. Um, again, firsthand, I know that had I known my husband was suicidal, he'd still be alive today. But um, especially um, in men, there is an epidemic in male suicide. that We, we need to sort of investigate that further and allow men to say, hey, I need help. But it, it's... He, he just thinks because he was earning 70000 a week, which I would love to know the tax on that. No wonder he has a tax debt. You know, that um, that, that does not equate being mentally well. So no. um, mental illness isn't a, a outcome of being poor. You know, yes, um, a lot, lot of poor people have mental illnesses. A lot of rich people have mental illnesses. How much was Kurt Cobain earning a week when he, he took his life? Um, you know, how about the guy from Lincoln Park who, who died just after, after my husband? You know, these are successful people. According to this detective, they shouldn't have died because they were rich. Yeah. And it just... 
I mean, well, literally, sorry, I have I, I, I have some notes here that, that I wrote. The fifth richest man in Europe who was worth $9.2 billion took his own life. Yeah. I think we can safely say money does not buy happiness. There's no doubt mm-hmm. Thompson is trying to scare her and he's pushing it again, hoping he will catch Lord out and get, get a confession, basically. There comes a point where we as detectives... We get to a point where we say, well, you know, I've done everything in my power to reason with you, and it's on you now. But we're going to take your clothes. Okay. And uh, we're going to test for gunshot residue. Okay. And this whole thing has been recorded. Okay. And you said that you were not in the room when he shot himself. That's correct. So there should be no gunshot residue on your clothes at all. That's correct. All right. If there is, I'm going to charge you with murder. I just want you to know that right now. When those tests come back, if there's gunshot residue on your hands, and you said throughout this recording that you didn't touch the gun, I asked you those questions for a reason. Okay. And if you do, I'm going to charge you with murder. That's exactly what I'm doing. I want you to know that. I want you to know that I've given you an opportunity to tell me if it went wrong tonight or if anything happened. Hey, shit happens all the time with couples. They get in arguments and fights and all kinds of bullshit and and it's justifiable homicide. There's all kinds of stuff that happens. It happens every day. It happens every day. I I worked a case about a week ago where this guy shot his daughter's boyfriend and killed him. You know, because the the boyfriend was, was doing things. It happens every day. But I need for you to know what I'm going to do, if your clothes come back with gunshot residue, I understand. Or your hands, my clothes. I'm going to charge you with murder. You can have my clothes. I'm going to do it. I just want you to know that. I understand. I want you to prepare yourself, and I want you to think about that. I understand. I want you to think about that if there's something that you're hiding and that you're that you got deep down inside of you, you can keep it. You can hold on to it, but I need for you to know my intentions. I understand. That's right, because you know what? I may never know the truth. Your clothes could come back with nothing. I Your hands can come back with nothing on them, and you might move on and marry some other guy and have family and life, and this shit will go far behind you, and and we'll go our own separate ways. But all I'm saying to you, all I'm saying to you, is there's two options here. There's two options, and the one option is if I discover, if I discover anything, if I discover anything that substantiates what I believe, I'm going to charge you with murder. I understand. Because I do believe you killed me. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that. I do. Because you have not provided me with one reasonable explanation. Gosh, he seems to be taking pleasure with all of that. He wants to arrest her. He believes she did it. He thought he'd break her pretty easily. Yeah, um, he did not know that he was going to get to this point. He thought him yelling at her the first time would have made her crack. You know, I'm I'm surprised right there that she just didn't take off her clothes and throw them at him. I think that's what she felt like doing because yeah. she's like, yeah, take take my clothes. I don't care. I don't care. You know, and uh, we've used, I think it's about 
half an hour of of this entire interrogation so in total it was an hour and a half so a lot of it's been cut out um and there's a reason why so but it's it's just interesting i would have loved to have seen how this reacted because we saw him get get to that height of anger Mm. and then the next clip he's he's not as angry and then he goes up again i'd love to know how long he stays at that high point of anger before he, he he brings it back down and how she responded to it this might be kept in hindsight, but look, she's in the clothes that she was um, taken yep. into the station with. If you you could ask those questions about were you near the gun, where were you when the gun went off, and she said she's yep. not in the room. You can then use that and say there's actually a really good point of what he says. Look, this is all being recorded. You said you're not in the room. Now, here's what's going to happen. I have to, as part of the investigation, take your clothes and we are going to test them for uh, the, what was it called, the bullet residue? Um, gunshot the, residue. Yeah. Gunshot residue. So I'm giving you a chance right now. You have to be honest. You know what science is like today. If you were anywhere near that gun when it went off, you need to speak up now and you need to explain your story. You need to tell me why you were there because obviously if this comes back and shows that there is gunshot residue on your clothes, that invalidates everything you said and you look very, very guilty. Now that, if she was near the gun, might get her to speak because what he is doing certainly is not. Exactly. And, um, you know, we've actually, uh, there's been lots of of cases that we've done that I've actually cut out that halfway during an interrogation, they come in and do those swabs, you know, even harder than that we did last week. Um, There's a point in there that that we cut out where um, they they come in and did um, hand swabs for for GSR, they did mouth swabs, all of that sort of stuff. Um, And this detective is sitting here with some very vague info that he thinks might be right and so that's what he's he's going to run with you know that there's a gap between the 911 call um between the shooting and and the 911 call and that you know she should have been covered in glass and all these sorts of things that should have come up um and he should have like you know left the room check things out come back in all that sort of stuff that's cut that we don't know was happening but surely he should have done gsr before she even stepped into that room Mm, good point. Well, we get another cut of a little under a minute and he talks about taking a close again and makes some interesting statements. You put on, and I don't apologise for my conduct. I don't. Because I, I, I owe it to, I I owe it to I Michael. Understand. I owe it to Michael yes, and know. I owe it to Michael's family to do my job. Regardless whether you think it's appropriate or not, I don't care. But I owe it to Michael and his family to do my job. And my job is to inquire. That's what we get paid to do, inquire. We don't get paid to sit on our ass and bullshit. We get paid to say, okay, based on what we have in front of us, is it a problem? If it's a problem, why is it a problem? I haven't lied to you. I've told you what I got. I've told you what the problem is. I've fucking shown it to you. You got to live with that. You, not me. You got to live with that. I don't know why you did what you did. I don't know. I don't know why you did it. But you know one thing? I've said some things to you tonight, and I hope to God you think about it tonight. I hope to God you think about it tomorrow. And I don't give a fuck how many people you line up. You can line 50 people up in a row. And every one of them are going to tell you, why the fuck did she do that? They are. You do not have one. 
That'll say, well, I would have done that. I understand. I would have done that. I would have called a guy, too, who didn't have no fucking medical history. And then after he didn't pick up the phone, I was okay. I just fucking won't call nobody for seven minutes. I won't call nobody for seven minutes, and I'll fuck around and do whatever I do. And then seven minutes later, I'll call 911. <laughs> He's not apologising for behaviour. He actually thinks it's appropriate, Amanda. Yes, and he's saying, I'm not accusing you. Um, I'm just inquiring. Um, hello, you fucking killed him is not an accusation? Like, um, it's it's just appalling. And he says that he didn't make it personal. He did. He showed his prejudice. He showed that he's a chauvinist. He showed that um, he has no idea about suicidal ideation yeah. and what causes people to take their own lives. He is... He, I mean, I, I probably could have sent my daughter in there and she probably would, would have done a better job. Not that she isn't now an expert because she hears me do this <laughs> 24-7. Well, at the end of that, we saw him storm out and they actually sent in another officer, Detective Dale Lundberg, who also tried to get a confession out of Lord. Now, unfortunately, we don't have that recording, but we do know that Lord kept to her story. A month later, having been ostracised by Michael's family and friends, Thompson received a correction to the timeline of that evening. There had been no seven-minute delay in calling 911, but this did not stop Thompson believing that Lord had killed her fiancé. On June 5, soon after the timeline had been changed, a new witness came forward. A neighbour claimed he had heard the gunfire and saw Lord flee from her home. He went to help her and she said that she didn't mean to kill Michael and it was an accident. By now, Lord had left Texas and was heading to California, but Thompson was now positive of Lord's guilt and had her arrested for murder. The gunshot residue tests also came back, and though two small specks were found on Lord's hand and shirt, the report stated that it could not be proven to be from handling the gun, but then Lord's lawyer found the proof he needed to corroborate her story. The neighbour who had claimed he had said she had accidentally killed him clarified what he had seen. He said in the interview, she said something to the effect, he's dying, I got the impression she was telling me it was accidental or trying to tell me it was accidental. That she didn't mean to do it. But then the neighbour stated, I'm not even sure the word accident was used. He stated that he assumed that Lord had shot him because of the rumours he had heard around the neighbourhood. But the neighbour later in the interview returned to his initial thoughts of that faithful midnight shooting and said she did not confess to killing him. Lord also underwent two polygraph tests that showed she was being truthful in her statements about those events. Eventually, the charges were dismissed and a grand jury returned a no-bill verdict, meaning there was a lack of evidence to pursue a case. A year later, Lord filed a case against the city and Thompson for a violation of her civil rights. During his time on the stand, Thompson agreed that there was no evidence that proved that Lord killed Michael. The jury's decision came back in Lord's favour with a stipulation that the city was to pay her $1.2 million. In tandem with the civil case, the Integrity Unit had also run their own investigation and found that Thompson had not acted in any unprofessional manner during the investigation. Thompson retired from the Dallas Police and later worked in a community role. So, Amanda, we don't know who killed him or whether it was himself. 
Exactly. So um, the physical evidence suggests that he had actually taken his own life because she um, had not been there and the gunshot residue, two, two tiny specks could be transference from her touching his face or trying to get him to speak or checking on him. So uh, the fact that because JSR um, sort of splatters all over your hands, sometimes it's quite bad because, because your gun's dirty, but other times there's tiny, tiny specks that they can only get from doing their um, – sticky test so right. it's interesting that she did have two two dots and had thompson had that in that interview he probably would have reached across the table and smacked the one you know it's just interesting that he was so adamant and though they claim that he hadn't acted in an unprofessional way it, it really sort of tarnished the rest of his career and there was other stories that that came forward and that's why he did retire but um yeah the the the, the grand jury found that there was no evidence to support that she had killed him doesn't the crime scene show when a gun's involved how it was held and whether it could be suicide or not on tv yeah yeah on right. tv okay. it's very easy to do and dexter did these beautiful blood spatter patterns um yeah and with with, with the string and everything to a certain extent it can but we also know that bullets can like go in the side of someone's neck and ricochet down and and out their their left thigh you know it, it can happen the, the the trajectory of the bullet doesn't necessarily follow the trajectory of where it was shot from because it, right. it can you know be, be diverted by hitting bones or, or organs so it's it would be lovely if if it was neat and tidy like that but it's 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 never it's never that that easy. Okay. Well, thank you very much as always, Amanda Howell, the serial <laughs> killer whisperer. I look forward to uh, seeing what you've got for us next week. Until then, we'll see you next Ooh. week on Monsters <laughs> Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com covered.